Hey, Forge family. As we've been moving along through the podcasts on this series for spiritual formation, the focus has been on experiencing transformation within us. So that when we look and sound and act and breathe like Jesus, it comes from inside. It isn't something we put on the outside. We've also been engaged in a series of of spiritual discipline podcasts. Uh, That's the intentional godly practices to prompt us toward that formation, that transformation that we long for and that, that the Lord longs for from us. So last podcast, number eight, we looked at two of the spiritual disciplines that come in the opposite spirit to our present culture. They were frugality and simplicity, which, when entwined together and acted on by faith through the Holy Spirit, uh, those spiritual disciplines produce a quietness, an awareness of God who meets our needs and who gives satisfaction with Him. See, those, those two spiritual disciplines, frugality and simplicity, they stand in stark contrast to the drives that are loosed in our culture toward self-satisfaction. The acquisition of things and experiences without a thought for kingdom priorities. The results of those self-satisfaction and acquisition drives throw us into debt, into the ever-shifting currents of technology, fashion, food, entertainment, relationships, and experiences that all serve the God, or rather the idol, mammon. As we then choose, and then, you know what, we have to do a restart. But we, then we choose again to serve God and not mammon. We seek godly balance. Jesus taught us, In Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 to 33, these things. He said, do not be anxious for, you know, do not be anxious then saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we, with what shall we clothe ourselves? For all these things the Gentiles eagerly seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness And all these things shall be added to you. So, when Jesus teaches that and we receive it, that teaching about seeking first the kingdom of God, that loosens the bonds of thinking, planning, and budgeting, all of which are neutral. You know, they're not sinful. But when we wed them with worry and, and are planning with anxiety, and our budgeting with deep concern and hair pulling, then life is neither frugal nor simple. All right, let's pray together, Forge family. Lord, there are seasons of life when we need to seek you daily, sometimes hourly, so that we are not swept up in the cares of this world. Right now, Lord, we turn to you, to your word, and to you, Holy Spirit, to find balance for this day.
and beyond. Lord, others may choose to live a story that's, that's radically different, but that's not our story. So, Lord, we ask you, Holy Spirit, we choose to follow hard after you, listening and obeying. Amen. All right, family. This week in podcast number nine, we're embracing the spiritual disciplines of that include the Lectio Divina. That's a Latin term, okay? And it, it literally means divine reading. So here, the word, the reading of the word, the inspired scriptures are set before us in a new and living way. But the doctrinal underpinnings for this are drawn from broad passages in Scripture. Let's look at Hebrews 4.12, where it says, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intents of the heart. Turn to 2 Timothy 3.16. Paul writing to Timothy says, All Scripture... Old Testament, New Testament, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness that the man of God may be adequate and equipped for every good work. Romans 10:17 says, <clears throat> but faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word concerning Christ. <clears throat> so we turn from a doctrinal position that says we're anchored to the word of God. And we turn and we say, Lord, we want to know more. We want to be able to handle the scriptures in fresh new ways. So the texts that here speak of the outbreathed word and insights from which Holy Spirit, through human writers, produced the Hebrew scriptures and the New Testament. So to begin with Lectio Divina, Let's look at what Lectio Divina is not. Okay, it is not Bible study. It is not a practice with careful, slow reading and meditation of books other than the scriptures. It is not focused outward to get truth or answers for someone else. It's not where you get ready to teach a Bible study or go into counseling with someone. It is not reading scripture to check a daily box. This is not your daily devotions, people. Okay? It is not a key to spiritual experiences apart from the scriptures. And lastly, it is not coming to the word for more information or for answers to problems that you have. Rather, this spiritual discipline, this divine reading, if you will, is really to accept an invitation to read, to meditate, to pray, and to wait on God. Okay, Forge family, let me give you some history first before we proceed. This spirit-driven discipline, the Lectio Divina, dates to the 2nd century A.D., 1,700 years ago, okay? To the brothers and sisters who had left the crush and the immorality of urban life, or they had fled out into the waste places, the deserts, because of persecution for their, their, their stand for Christ. 
And when they were in the desert places, they began to seek the purpose. They were there for the purpose of, of drawing on and speaking to God and building their intimacy with him. In the third century, Origen, one of the church fathers, wrote of his personal practice where he sought to hear from God in the reading of scripture. <clears throat> Augustine and Jerome followed him. Now, Jerome was the one who translated the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, into Latin. And Augustine came along out of, out of North Africa, and they both spoke and wrote about the benefit of divine reading. Because there were very few personal copies of the scriptures available, and because they were precious, they were expensive. This reading slowly and meditating and praying, this happened in, into groups small and large. In the 500s, Benedict began to inculcate divine reading, this Lectio Divina, into the common life of those who came to be monks with him. And, and he called them to say, you're going to commit yourself to, to labor. You're going to commit yourself to prayer. And you're going to commit yourself to divine reading. And that was built into the, the rhythm of the daily um, uh, as the day as the hours passed in the day for days in monasteries and in nunneries okay by the time he dies in 550 AD you know there he had written a his rules for how community was supposed to to function and he set down a requirement in rule 48 for fixed hours each day for lectio divina 600 years pass. And in those 600 years, uh, the, the Catholic Church continued its reading on an hour, you know, hour by hour by hour in the monasteries, in the nunneries, etc. Whoever had the scriptures emulated that. Okay? 600 years later, in the 12th century, Guigo II, a prior in a monastery, wrote a treatise entitled The Ladder of Monks. And this was a ladder that, that he projected as a way into the presence of God, a way to get to heaven, a way to be like God, okay? And in there, he wrote about a set of four processes in the reading, meditation, prayer, and silent waiting on God. Or he called it contemplation. We would say they wait, we wait on the Lord. Now, the reading of such meditation, reading and, and meditation combined, okay? You read the scriptures, then you sit and meditate on it. At that time, it was designed to help the monks, if you will, memorize the text, and then to pray, and then lastly, to sit quietly to wait and listen to the Lord. This set of Lectio practices has been passed down through the Western Church to present day, when evangelicals in the last 50 years have begun seeking more intimacy with God through the Lectio Divina. You see, their roots, the evangelical roots of careful analysis and exegesis of Bible texts gave them principles and, and they discovered commands that God had written out scripture and, and it gave them the capacity then 
you know, the, the power of the word to get that applied, okay? But the, the problem was, too often, that focused approach worshipped knowledge of the scriptures, not intimacy with God. The dryness of knowledge-seeking resulted in a leap across confessional barriers to seek God through the slow, meditative, prayerful, and contemplative process of divine reading of the Lectio Divina. I am one of those who made that leap, and I encourage you all to practice it as well. So, to begin today with Lectio Divina, let's not choose a time of day when you're prone to be sleepy or, or have low energy. You know, you had the big lunch and you want to have a siesta. That's not the time to set aside for Lectio. Second, you, you choose a place. Now, that may mean you need earplugs in your world, but you could choose a place that does not shout at you about unfulfilled chores, shopping, your calendar, and, and you move away from your phones, your music, and your video feeds. Get comfortable, but stay alert. To begin, start in the Gospels. Now, I suggest you, you skip over the first 17 verses of the Gospel of Matthew, because that's the genealogy that lays out how the seed passed all the way through the line, uh, through Abraham, Abraham, David, down to Mary. So my suggestion is, if you want to read it, fine, but it's not fodder particularly for good Lectio material. And I would say you start your, your first session in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, and, and uh, plan on reading Matthew 18, excuse me, Matthew 1, 18 to 25, very slowly. So when you come into your, your place and your earplugs are there, bring a journal with you. Bring your New Testament with you. And first you pray. Open your heart to Holy Spirit to prepare you and help you offload all that sort of stuff that's winging around inside of you to be able to say, Lord, this is your 20 minutes. This is your half hour. This is your 10 minutes. To set that aside and, and follow this pattern. So you read Matthew 1, 18 to 25, slowly. And then read it a second time, even slower, stopping at times when the Lord prompts you. Now, let the memory of other scriptures and of God's faithfulness, and let your feelings rise. Let your feelings rise to the surface. See, that they've been prompted by the reading of those verses. What is it that the Lord, the Spirit, would have you reflect on today? What are his reminders? What did he prompt in you during the reading? During the meditation? When you were quiet? See, no more prompts. When, 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 the, when there's no more prompts from the text, when, when it's quiet again, okay, and there's nothing coming, then you begin to pray back those verses to God. Pray for any revealed lack or need that came up in you. 
knowing the Holy Spirit is ready to fill that area with abundance. Pray out your thanks to God. Tell him thank you for his faithfulness to you, that he revealed himself to you. Thank you for engaging you through the reading and the meditation of Scripture. And lastly, sit quietly and enjoy the Lord. Richard Foster says, plan to waste time on the Lord. Experience the stillness and slowness of waiting on Him. Sometimes He's right there, and sometimes He's just out of sight, but very present. Lastly, before you leave there, write down in the journal where God was in the reading and listening. Forge family, most of us come from evangelical roots. Now, that's a blessed place with our anchors set in sound doctrine, reverence for the word of God, and the expectation of the return of Jesus for his bride, the church. All that's good. But it has led us into practices of devotional Bible reading and praying for needs, or petitionary prayer, if you will, to the neglect of other forms of of godly devotion. So this Lectio Divina, the divine reading, will help the rivers of life flow out of us again. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, thank you for being the coming one, the Messiah, promised from the Old Testament, born of a virgin as was prophesied. Thank you for the slow reading rhythms of the Lectio Divina. Lord, that slows down our spiritual metabolism and helps us listen and want you and and, and prepares us to wait on you. We want to honor you in this. Holy Spirit, come alongside to help us with this discipline of reading, meditating, praying, and waiting. Awaken us to the word of God in fresh new ways. Amen. All right, Forge. I love you. We'll see you soon.